Creativity in Focus, a show where we highlight artists every single week around the world. We don't know where they are going to be, uh, but we are so glad that you are here with us. We are live, we start here on Facebook, so you know what you have to do when you're Facebook. If you like what you're seeing, don't forget to share. I'm actually going to do this right this second, exactly the same thing. Share in groups that you like, that are related to the topic, and share with friends, because they are going to love to hear this amazing artist that we have today, Tammy Eversledge. She's a teddy bear maker, and I know she's also a very talented doll maker. And we are going to talk a lot and show some of her pieces here. So take a minute and share this video. And if you open the video and you start listening to us, you can also give some hearts. That means a lot to us. And it's a way to say thank you because Facebook will only spread the word about this interview if you guys like it, like it, like it, hard, 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 and share this as well. So today I have with me teddy bear maker, Tammy Eversledge. Welcome, Tammy. Hello, how are you? Pretty good. Where, where in the country are you? Um, near Cincinnati, Ohio. And is Milford, it very Ohio. cold there now? It's pretty cold. It's pretty cold. We've had a lot more snow than we have had in past years. Yes. It's... Tammy, I want you to tell a little bit about yourself, how you got started, how long ago, and why oh. teddy bears. Um, well, it's a it's a long story. No, I won't I won't make it long. But um, I actually have been um, making things since I was really small. My um, my my mom is an artist, and we always had stuff around our house to make things. Um, I also have been a fan of teddy bears since I was very small. So um, shortly after learning to sew. Uh, I sewed my first teddy bear, which was just this little flat thing, you know, made of a front and a back sewn together. Um, I was probably about nine or 10 and I made it for my dollhouse. It was this big, but um, I just kept on doing it. And since I was interested in it, my mom, you know, supported that, bought me books with patterns in it. And, um, and I started, you know, designing my own patterns. And it wasn't until, um, I think it was sometime in either late 80s or early 90s, I was in this shop. And it was a stuffed animal shop. And I saw this magazine that was called Teddy Bear and Friends. And then I looked at the magazine and I thought, Teddy Bear and Friends? And I started reading about teddy bear artists and bears made of mohair and teddy bear collectors. And I remember thinking, I'm a teddy bear artist. Because, you know, I'd been doing this that, you know, I'd been designing and making my own patterns. So, um, so that's kind of what got me into the business of it, um, seeing that there actually were people who were adults that also liked to collect teddy bears. And um, so I started selling some at um, craft shows. I went with uh, my husband's grandmother to a craft show, a quilt, you know, she sold quilts. Um, and then I think it was night. It was, yeah, it was 1995 that I went to my first teddy bear show and it was awesome. It was great. And so, um, you know, along with, I, I got my degree in teaching. And so I was a teacher and kind of always did this on the side. So 
Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> now, you told me your mom used to make things. What kind of things did she used to make? Uh, my mom does drawing and painting, um, mostly drawing and painting. Um, and I, she did oil, she and I took an oil painting class together. That was fun. Um, but she, you know, has painted and drawn since she was a little girl, so. My bear, I got him for, I got him for my sixth birthday. And um, yeah, he was just my favorite toy. And so I ended up, you know, kind of drawing pictures of him. And, and I think the reason that I like, you know, continue to like teddy bears as far as art is concerned is it's art you get to play with. I mean, you know, I can draw, I love to draw um, and I love to sculpt. But, you know, there's something about bears, you know, you can pick it up and you can hold it and, you know, just cuddle it. And I don't know, not, not, I don't know if all the collectors cuddle their bears regularly, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just its own special. Exactly. Talk about bears because I love wildlife photography. photography. And that's what I do. I go after bears. And awesome. you mentioned when you were six, and I have a quick story, but I remember my first teddy bear. I was about five or six years old. And as you probably know, I'm from Brazil. And in Brazil, you have to take vaccinations in order to go to school. It's not optional. And of course, as a kid, you'd never like that idea. So one day my father came home uh, with three teddy bears. They were both blonde teddy bears. And he gave one for me, one for my sister, and one for his sister. And he said, this teddy bear is special. When you go to the doctor or you're in pain or you're taking your vaccination, all you have to do is squeeze the teddy bear and the pain, he will hold the pain and you are not going to feel anything. Well, I loved that teddy bear to pieces. I think I was, you know, way older, married and everything when it finally was falling into pieces <laughs> and I, I had to quit having my, that teddy bear. So I think, you know, we all have some kind of stories around teddy bears. Do you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that um, I, my story was like that teddy bear, I took him, I got him for my sixth birthday. And I took him to school so many times for show and tell that the other kids were like, oh, you already brought that. Yeah. And, but, you know, and I still have mine. I mean, he's, he's upstairs on my bed and nice. I consider him kind of the, you know, the genesis of all this. I, uh -huh. I was talking with um, another teddy bear artist, chatting with another teddy bear artist that, you know, Wayne Lim. Mm -hmm. And this, even just this morning, and he, I said, you know, did you know that's what you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you know you wanted to be a teddy bear artist? And he said that he knew he wanted to be a toy maker. And I thought, well, that's, that was very astute. I knew I wanted to be an artist. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Uh -huh. But I didn't know teddy bear artist was an option. Otherwise, I would have gone, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> it's not something I even thought of. I just... Yeah, with me, only a few years ago, I actually understood teddy bear making as a form of art. But Wayne is a, a clever guy. He has a business in the Philippines, correct? Um, uh, no, Singapore. Singapore. I always mix that up. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Uh, let, let's show some of your work and you can okay. talk about them and when you made them. And then we are going to go back to the business, okay? 
Sounds good. So um, this, have this guy, cute little guy. He's a he's a panda bear with an he has an open mouth. It's maybe I don't know if you can see that in the photo. Um, and the uh, paw pads that he's got. Um, I think I made him. I want to say like 2013, maybe. Um, I can't remember his name. That's terrible. I think it might be Otto. I think. Um, but anyway, his his paws and his open mouth are kind of they're kind of things that I've kind of developed as my signature look. Now that doesn't mean that every single bear I make has those because um, I like to work in a variety of styles. But he's he's definitely. Uh, I think collectors would see him. And how, as how big is it? Um, he is, I think, about 16 inches. Okay. Quite chubby. Mm -hmm. Very cute. And the next one? This is a doll. Because you okay. also, you not only sculpt dolls, you also do ball-jointed dolls, correct? Yeah, the ball-jointed dolls I've been actually attempting to do for lots of years, but um, I actually finished two this year. So, um, and they're done in polymer clay. This doll um, is called A Curious Dream and it's an Alice in Wonderland doll. Um, she's sculpted in paper clay. Oh, really? And nice. paper clay is my favorite and partly because um, I like to paint too. And when, when you paint in paper clay, the, the, the effect on the paper clay is almost like um, an illustration that's come to life. So that's what um, that's what I think of it is because one of the things actually in my you know dreams as a child is I thought I'd like to be a children's book illustrator. So these are like 3D illustrations of, of uh -huh. some of my favorite stories. And do you find that the paper clay hold details really well as well? I think it does. Okay. I think it does. Um, I think. Um, you, you know, it takes a little bit of time and it takes patience. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very slow about making dolls. I'm getting a little faster, but um, I, I'm not very quick with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, let's see one more. Oh, that's Brendan. Um, so <laughs> I just threw Brendan? because, um, you know, again, I've, I've always enjoyed art of all sorts. I love to draw and I particularly like to draw faces. Faces and animals. Um, and then this was um, a portrait I did of my son, Brendan, when he was five. Um, and I felt pretty pleased with that. That's an oil painting. Um, I hope to eventually do one of my older son. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, time, time for projects that are, for me, uh, get kind of put to the side when you do your art as a business. So. I know, you know, I don't, I don't, you have no idea how many times I hear that with instructors that they get busy, uh, not only giving classes, but in their own business as well, that the time actually to create diminishes a lot. So you feel the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm creating for my business, but right. um, this is one of the things that I actually think is important to remember if you are going to go into the business of art, you really do need to give yourself time to play at art. Mm -hmm. And I find that when I allow myself to make something that I have no intention of selling, um, I have sort of freedom to make more mistakes, to take more risks, to um, move out in other directions that you wouldn't 
necessarily do. And I think all, like this is a painting, but I think any kind of art that you do um, informs other art. So if you're going to have, I mean, it might not be something you're even doing on the bears or the dolls, but I, I took that paint, a painting class and I felt like it helped me, you know, paint the faces when I was doing the paper clay dolls. Um, but even if it's not something that directly applies to what you're doing, you are building up your repertoire of skills. You are teaching yourself the, um, the lesson that you can create things. So like everything you create informs everything that comes after, whether it's the same medium or whether it's a new medium. And that's why I like this, um, the Creative Mondo class for, mm -hmm. uh, format, because I just feel like I, you've mentioned before, empowering. It is empowering. It is empowering to just say, okay, I made this. Um, and then, you know, it gives you confidence in other areas of your life too. Yeah, I agree with you. Many times we create and we get isolated in what we do because many times they watch courses. But I also think it's very important to join associations, join guilds, meetups in your town and get to know what other people are making because it not only validates what you do, but it also shows you other possibilities in what you're doing and creating. Tammy, you, first of all, I want to say that we have some people saying hi to us. Joyce Emmons, Colleen Spees, uh, Linda Hart, and many others are saying hi, hi, hi. So hi. thank you so much for being here. Uh, you mentioned that you were in a teddy bear show, I mean, I think in 95, so quite a while ago. I heard that there was a major shift in the teddy bear industry a few years ago. Is that correct? Have you noticed that? How is the market of teddy bear making today? Well, um, I think it might, it, I don't know. There's, there's a shift to a lot of online mm -hmm. um, shows. There's a lot of online shows. There's fewer in-person shows. Um, I personally find value in both. Um, when you get to go to a show in person, um, there's just an energy, just like you were talking about go going to um, guilds and being part of groups, there's an energy mm -hmm. that that comes from people being together and sharing interests. Um, but the online shows are valuable too because they help you reach um, audiences worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, I like doing shows. My husband kind of chuckles at me when I'm doing the online show because he says, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it on your website? They'd sell. Um, there's a couple reasons is I kind of work better if I have a deadline um, and the show is a deadline. Uh, the other reason is that these online shows, you have your mailing list, but when it's an online show, you have your mailing list plus all of the other mail artists' mailing list coming to this show. And so it, you know, each online show I've done, I've added to my mailing list, mm -hmm. um, sold to some new people. I sell, sell to a lot of the same. But um, I think there's value in both of those things. The other thing that I think, to me, this is exciting. Um, but with the online community, you can learn how to do anything mm -hmm. and you can reach a worldwide audience. Um, and I think 
I remember when I first got a website, um, it was funny because my son, my, uh, my younger one, the one that's in the picture, he was probably around six or seven when I first actually had a website. And to him, uh, growing up in this world of technology, that legitimized what I did. He would tell people, my mom is a teddy bear artist and she has her own website. <laughs> and that once I had my own website, then I was, you know, in the real world of, even though I'd been doing it for, mm -hmm. you know, 10, 15 years before that. So um, I think, I think it's an exciting time and there's so much, um, there's so much people do now um, beyond the traditional teddy bear. I mean, I do, I call mine sort of contemporary classic because I have some contemporary techniques that I've come up with and, um, but they still have, you know, five joints typically and um, similar, you know, t regular teddy bear proportions. But I mean, people are doing incredibly realistic pieces. People are doing incredibly cartoon-like pieces. Um, I mean, it's just, I, th I think it has shifted, but mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think it has shifted negatively. I think it's just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And it, we, we see this shifting all industries today, including retail, for example. But when you go to an in-person show, are they well attended? And who buys teddy bears today? Oh, that's a good question. Who buys teddy bears? Um, I, I think that when you go to the in-person shows, some are well attended and some are not. I actually have not been someone who, you know, went to 10, 12 shows a year. There's lots of artists who have done that. Um, throughout the whole time I've been doing this, um, I would go to maybe one or two shows a year. Um, and I tend to try to pick the ones that I know are going to be well attended. Those are usually the bigger, uh, more established shows. Mm -hmm. Um, who's buying? Who's um, buying? yeah, um, I don't know. I think, I think there's a variety of collectors. I will say probably more women collect teddy bears than men, but that's not, you know, across the board you know percentage wise maybe a little bit more women than men mm -hmm. um and i think yeah i don't i don't think there's like a but being collector is a key keyword in here oh yes they're collect all collectors yes okay yes uh joyce Emmons is saying officially cool if i'm not wrong joyce is from the netherlands if i'm not wrong and that's what you were you were talking about the online the how you reach audiences this morning we have a map here in the studio and we've been adding all the places where people come from or where they buy and today we had Greece for the first time. And I was telling the instructor, isn't that cool that Greece is watching? And she said, you know, you think you're just here in South Lake City and, it, and then suddenly you see that yourself are being seen in all these places out there. And that is so cool. And that's what online does to you, increases the reach of visibility that you have. Now, when it comes to buyers, so you do both in-person shows, of course, you have your website, and you also do online shows. Do you tend to sell more to the U.S. or outside? Um, I think probably more in the U.S. Um, I have 
sold. Uh, I mean, I do have collectors all over um, Germany and England and um, I would say Germany and England a lot. Um, let's let me think. Uh, also Australia. I mean, I, there's people have bought bears from all over the world, but the timing of the online shows, I feel like tends to favor uh, U.S. buyers okay. just because, you know, somebody's, well, like you were saying, um, you know, the other side of the world, it's a different time zone and they're mm -hmm. trying to get on. Um, I'm not super prolific. Um, I might make, um, I guess, between 30 and 40 pieces a year, including dolls and bears. 30 to uh, 40? Yeah. I know. That's it, not prolific. <laughs> No, it sounds like it's prolific in some ways, but I, I mean, when you've got, I always feel like, I always feel like I don't have enough for all the people that, mm -hmm. I mean, there's usually someone after an online show or an in-person show that says, oh, you know, they're all gone. I don't, you know, I wanted one and I didn't uh -huh. get one or something. So um, that makes me feel like yeah. I should be making more, but I just am, I'm not going to get any faster after doing it for 25 years. Yes. I just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think 40 in one year, you're making at least two a month. More yeah. Than that, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Joyce, I'm going, go ahead. You're going to say something? Oh, no. No. Okay. Let's <clears throat> show three more of uh, your pieces. And then I want to ask you about prices. So we saw the picture of your son, the next one. Give us just a second. Yeah, he's not for sale. <laughs> it's a Santa bear. Oh, yeah. This one was for the most recent online show that I did. Um, this guy is called Buddy. He's named after Buddy the Elf in the movie Elf. Um, this one is um, 15 inches. And again, he's got the open mouth and the and the paw detail that, um, you know, like I said, is... is Kind of sort of signature. a good example. Yeah, a good example of, of my signature look. Okay. The next one. Uh, this piece is the one that's actually the, the characters from this piece are sitting right next to me. In the, oh, really? Uh, um, this was the uh, piece that I did for Philly. And here's another thing that's cool about going to shows, particularly the show in the Quinlan show in Philadelphia is they have um, gallery, a gallery night. So they have a signature gallery and um, the doll artist and bear artists just try to outdo themselves every year. Mm -hmm. And, and so you see some amazing, amazing pieces. And this piece um, is actually something that I had in my head before I even knew that I could sculpt dolls. Uh, so, like, even before I was married, I wanted to do, I, I knew I wanted to make Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And I was thinking of using, like, a bought doll or something like that. But then I kind of said that I was really glad that I waited, you know, all those years to make that piece because my skills kind of caught up with my aspirations. Um, but anyway, that, that, piece, um, that piece was my gallery piece for the Philly show this mm -hmm. past. That's beautiful. Yeah. And are the bears made of polymer? No, the bears are all mohair bear. Or, well, they're not mohair. Sorry, these are alpaca. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I mean, if you if you turn it to me or whatever, again, you've got this guy. Oh, you got to do those guys. Uh -huh. But I'm, I'll show you those in a second. Um, so this, these two are what I would call classic bears. And I love to do classic bears because, um, well, for a couple of reasons. One is that I just love a traditional style teddy bear. But the other nice thing about the classic bears is that for me, relatively speaking, they're faster to make. And this isn't because, you know, they're rushed or anything. They're still a high quality piece, but because I've deliberately left out some of the things that take a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm. So they have just oval shaped paws. They don't have the trapunto and applique sculpting. Um, they don't have the open mouth. And so it's nice to be able to have something like that because not only does that, um, does that, create variety on my table, but it also creates a variety in prices because the more time and detail that I put into a piece, the higher the price goes. And tell me one thing. Uh, so what defines them as classic is the fact that they don't have uh, the, the detail pause, most of it, right? Um, well, and, and the classic proportions, straight arms okay. and legs. Um, yeah, oval-shaped paws. They look more like... Um, the Steiff and uh, some of the other ones from way back when, I guess. <laughs> okay. And you have the, the three bears with the Goldilocks oh, yeah. right beside yeah. you, right? So yeah, so this, this guy um, is, I don't know if I'm holding him right. Yeah, okay, he's beautiful. got the Trapunto um, and applique paw pads. He's got the open mouth. Now for this one, I wanted to make the little bears little bit more realistic looking. They're mm -hmm. not straight up realism. So I used uh, an epoxy sculpt nose. Um, he's got armature in his arms so that he can hang on to the bed. I had him hanging on to the bed, but he's made out of alpaca. Um, the snout is a different color of alpaca, but then I use shading to kind of blend it in together. It's, um, it's a big piece. On the picture, it actually huge. looked small. <laughs> Yeah, it's huge. And I think the size of it is one of the reasons I ended up taking that home from because a lot of collectors don't have space for that. Um, and then I had a collector who reserved it, but then he wasn't sure he still wanted it. And I, by that time, I was like, nah, I'm keeping it. <laughs> now, so, you mentioned sizes. Is there a type of size that sells more than others? Um, I like... There, there's two of my sizes, I think, that, that I have been, well, I guess three, um, and they're smaller and larger. The one um, that people really enjoy, some people really just like a big bear, and I have uh, designs that I do or, that are 22, 23 inches, and they're, they're an armful. They're pretty big. Um, and then the 15 inch size is one I've been doing a lot more of recently mm -hmm. um, because it's big enough that I can do the the Trapunto Pro detailing that I like to do, um, but still a little bit smaller. I think it's, I, it's probably my favorite size to make, I think. Okay. Um, and then this size, like this little guy and the class bear mm -hmm. are um, very, very popular. Uh, because again, people, collectors don't, they're running out of space. Mm -hmm. So having something that's a little smaller. Oh, I'm trying to get him on the camera. How, how tall is this guy? 
Uh, let's see. I can't remember, but I have a ruler right here. Um, <laughs> and this is the one you will be making at the class, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the class bear. He's 10 inches. These guys, this, this guy's a little bit smaller. He's so um, cute. But one of the things that, um, that I did with these guys is this treatment, this paw pad treatment is not the same as the Trapunto and applique. Okay. This doesn't take quite as much time. Mm -hmm. um, it takes, you know, more time than a plain paw pad. But it looks great. It, it works on this size. Mm -hmm. The other, it would be very, very tedious to do on a bear that size, okay. um, which would make the smaller bear priced similar to the bigger bear. I, I like to have things that, and I know you said you wanted to talk a little bit about business, mm -hmm. but I like to have a variety of uh, price ranges still um, because it can, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that like the teddy bears and collect the teddy bears, but, you know, maybe, whoops, can't afford to spend as much. And it's nice to have something that can appeal to more, more a range of price range ranges. Mm -hmm. Melissa is saying, Tammy, your bears are magical. So sweet. Joyce is saying melting here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, you already gave us several good tips, not only on sizes, but the variety on your table on a show. So give us some uh, insights of what works on a trade show when you're setting up your table. What are the points? So one of them, you already said you want uh, a good variation. That's why you do the classical and your own. What else? Um, well, this is this is something that I guess depends on the person. But I think in general, having a ton of bears um, can be intimidating when somebody comes to your table. Um, conversely, and I think this is probably more likely to be my issue, is if you have very few, um, you know, people might just walk right by. So I try to aim for about 10 pieces altogether. Um, and this most recent Philly show was like the first time in a long time that I've actually made that goal. I had 11 pieces, including the Goldilocks and Three Bears, counting it as one piece. So, wow. but the only way I was able to do that is not do any shows until Philly. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of have to hold, hold things back. But um, let's see what else. Um, I've seen beautiful, beautiful displays, um, antique trunks and things like mm -hmm. that. People display their work with, and it, if you do um, a lot of the classical um, or vintage-looking bears, that suits. So I, I really feel like it's personal preference. Mm -hmm. But I think the important thing is. Um, be at your table, and I know that sounds like a silly thing to say, but, but you'd be not. surprised. Um, at, be at your table um, and let people look, um, say hi, uh, but and you know, then just kind of stand back and, and let them mm -hmm. have a look. And most teddy bear people are super duper friendly, collectors, oh, yeah. uh, artists, um, but yeah. I find that's one of the nicest things about bears. Bears. Terry, Terry, I right. was asking, how long does it take you to make a bear from concept to completion? Okay, well, this is one of my, oh my gosh, questions. Because um, 
It really, really depends on the bear. Um, like I said, you know, I have that when I design a classically styled bear, straight arms, straight legs, and the, those bears take a lot less time than, for example, the ones with the trapunto paws and mm-hmm. open mouths and different detailing. So it's a big range. Um, and I can't exactly tell you how long it takes to make one of the ones that um, has the trapunto paws and whatever. I'm going to guess like 40 hours mm-hmm. of work, maybe more, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not costumed. If they're costumed, um, and I usually don't do costumes unless it's a specific theme that I'm working for, which I do enjoy to do. But um the little guy, like our class bear, mm-hmm. um, I've timed that one actually pretty accurately three or four times. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about 15 hours of work. Okay. So. Not too bad. We are going to show three more pieces that you sent us, and then we are going to talk about price. Is that okay? Okay. That's okay. right. So let's show the next one. We have three cats. Uh-huh. My kittens, I need to make some more kittens. I have <laughs> people asking me to make more kittens. My, I want to make more kittens. I will hopefully do that this year before Philly. But the kittens are great fun um, because all of that um, coloring and striping on them is done by hand. Oh, so that's not the fur at all. No, 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 no. Because you wouldn't be able to get the stripes going the right way. You know how the cats have the stripes that kind Mm -hmm. of make that little pattern away from their faces. And so it's really fun because, you know, I like to draw in color. So I get to color and draw on these 3D kittens. Can you tell Um, what you use, like uh, pastels or? No, I use, um, yes, I can tell. Um, They are um, Prismacolor. Okay. Art pens Uh I use for shading on the kittens. Um, For the uh, the bears, I often use an airbrush. Okay. Most, you know, on the paws. This guy is Icarus, and Icarus. he is probably my favorite bear that I've ever made. Um, and he was for um, one of the galleries that they had, and in um, Philadelphia, they had a, a steampunk and sci-fi gallery or something. And I love the steampunk genre and um, He's one that I actually drew a sketch of in my sketchbook and plan, did a lot of planning. I don't always start with a sketch with the bears. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually do with the dolls. Um, but he pretty much came out just the way I wanted him to. And, yeah, he, like I said, he's probably – and that's – I've been making bears a long time. So to call him my favorite that I've ever made is a pretty big deal. Do you remember how tall he is? Oh, yeah, he's 15 inches. He's that 15-inch size um, – and his fur is um, alpaca. I like using alpaca because it's really dense. Mm-hmm. It's not a pelt. Um, I don't use animal pelts. Um, it's um, the alpaca fiber woven onto a cotton backing. So oh, wow. it's sheer, mm-hmm. like you know, wool would be from a sheep. That's cool. That's very cool. Do we have another one? Yes. Okay. And that, now this one will show you the, the guy that's on the left side um again i wish i remembered the names i've done a few like this where they have this little puppet friend um 
And the first one that I did like that with the puppet friend um, was a bear called Figaro. And he had a, he had a sculpted puppet, like a, like it looks like a human clown. And then I found out that, you know, not everybody likes clowns. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, but most people seem to enjoy the, uh, the puppet when it had the little bear head and he's about 23 inches tall. And then the one next to him is, I want to say 16 or 17 inches. You can see they don't look like they're, you know, when you say that it seems like there would be a bigger difference or a smaller difference. You can't really tell until they're sitting next to each other. Mm-hmm. The That bear is this 16 inch one is much chubbier than the 15 inch one you just saw. So because his fur is longer. Mm-hmm. So. Linda is asking, is there something you want to try and haven't yet? With the bears? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I want, to, I want to make a fox. A fox? I think I'd like nice. to do that this year. Um, I like, I've done uh, some other animals, um, the kittens, um, and I've done little felt animals to go with um, some of the bigger bears, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd like to try a fox technique-wise. I'd really like to get a little bit more articulation in the neck. That's kind of, um, mm. I have armature in the arms and I've done bears with armature in the neck. Um, maybe just take that a little further. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. Now prices. So of course they vary not only in size but also on the type of fur. And I know you have to count all the all those factors. But do you have your own formula? Can you give us a range? I can give you a range. Um, as for formula, I don't have a formula. Um, I think that when I started out. Uh, because I had already, when I started selling them, I'd already been making bears for a lot longer than most people when they start out selling them. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of things that factor into the price that have nothing to do with what you put into it time-wise or your, or your skill, and that's, well, your skill, I guess. But um, is you do kind of have to have a reputation. Mm-hmm. And that takes a little time to build. But... Um, like I said, with the online community, I think it's it's easier now to do. Um, but my prices for um, let's see, well, for the big twenty-three inch bears, like a big twenty-three inch bear with a puppet, um, would be around eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifteen inch bear that have the trapunzo paws and and they have open well whether or not they have the open mouth the, tri- the trapunto paws really take a long time they have armature in their arms the detailing in them an undressed one about that size is around the 600 range um the these guys like this little dude are around 300 and then a bear that would be like the same size as this but he would be a, a classic style bear would be around 200 okay so it's not really a formula. It has to do with size. It has to do with detailing. And it. what I've done, I guess, is kind of 
pushed my prices up a little bit from where I started um, as I've added details. And I've pushed them up a little bit just as time goes on because I, I feel like I'm, I'm now at a point where I'm pricing things that, in a way that's fair to me and to the collectors. Whereas, you know, when I started out, you know, I kind of, they weren't priced You were just high. starting out, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Terry Love is saying, thank you for doing this interview. Michelle, I Icarus was the first bear of yours I saw in person. Oh, Icarus was the first bear of yours I saw in person. Amazing, wonderful bear. I remember our conversation, Michelle. <laughs> That's cool. She said she liked the name. And I said, well, Brendan named her. My son or named him. So. Hmm. That's cool. And Linda is saying, where do you draw your inspiration from? Um, well, it, I, I like stories. I like stories. Um, I like the steampunk genre. Um, so if I'm doing a character bear, it's usually something from a story, mm -hmm. a children's story, or if I'm doing a character doll. Uh, but when I'm making, you know, a bear, like I've got this guy that I'm working on. He's, uh, if you are afraid uh -huh. of, or not afraid yeah. of, but my, my, uh, my sister-in-law doesn't like to see them in parts. It freaks her out. Uh -huh. She said it looks like a massacre. But anyway, this one, um, I, I just like the fur. Mm -hmm. So you can see a fabric and say, oh, that fabric would make a cute bear. So a lot of times it's the fur. This one that I'm working on now, too. Yes, he's also um, just in parts. I'm trying to see. There he goes. Yeah. This one is um, uh, a version of Paddington. The, okay. This is more like the Paddington that's in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, yeah, so I just, it, mostly I'd say it's, a fur inspires me or a fabric fur inspires me. Oh, real animals, duh. Yeah, sometimes I want to make the, a polar bear. There were baby polar bears at the Columbus Zoo, and I thought, okay, there's two of them. I need to make two bears. So the last Philly show, I had two polar bears and named them after the Columbus Zoo's <laughs> polar bears. So You said that the fabric inspires you. I learned when I was growing up, I actually had a, an uncle that had a business related to fabric that you had to touch the fabric in order to see what was good or not. But today, most of us are buying fabrics online because unfortunately, at least here in the Valley, for example, many the doors have closed. So you, you do buy your stuff online as well, right? Yeah, and part of that is because the mo mohair plush and the alpaca plush and these, the high-end synthetics aren't available. You can't find that at the fabric store. Mm -hmm. um, they, the reason I like to use the woven-backed fabric, even if it's a synthetic fiber, um, is because it maintains the integrity of my designs a little bit better. Some people who do lots of for some people, I guess it works better to have the stretchy backing, but I think um, a lot of artists prefer to have something with a woven back because then, you know, it doesn't stretch. I had a bear that I made um, before I knew anything about mohair, and um, it was uh, to hold my prom corsage. I got rid of it, but my husband used to tease me about it, my husband, then boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, 
because he said it looked like um, the Caddyshack gopher. Because when I when I stuffed its head, it just completely lost all shape. It was just this round ball of a head, uh, and it was made out of uh, it was made out of a stretchy fabric. So that's funny. Eric Moore is saying awesome bears. Mary Rutherford, I love the little lamb you made for your mom at Christmas. I bet she loved it too. She did. Thank you. That was a, I made a Mary had a little lamb. Um, doll and then I made a little pattern to go with that and I remembered my mom said oh I like just the little lamb so then I <laughs> made her cool. one that's cool I think we have a few more pictures to show of your bears a little okay. more inspiration for people out there let's take a look or no, there you go oh that's oh, a rabbit. bunny yes that's daffodil and, you know, just you, when you ask about um, how long something takes, mm -hmm. um, I am really probably the world's worst person about time. Like, I have no, I don't know, it's like this, it's a concept that escapes me. So, um, you know, the, the rabbit has, takes a certain amount of time and, and it's all hand colored like the kitten, but that daffodil made out of felt. Mm -hmm is just an accessory for it. And I'm thinking, you know, I had to take a couple hours, whatever. Six and a half hours. <laughs> Six and a half hours for a daffodil. But you know, it, it works with it and it made me happy and I, I was pleased with the result. But you know, you have to, uh, it, it, that's the hardest bit for me, I guess, is, is you know, um, I don't know, just figuring out how much time it, it takes. But Did when you're doing something new, the, it's awesome. The, the flower? It's not felted. See, I thought that if I needle felted it, it would take a longer time, and maybe yeah. it would, but this is actually just hand-sewn wow. out of felt, um, and it still took that long. So. Wow. Cool. Do we have another one? Oh, that's okay. cute. Smokey. Smokey. He's a big guy. Uh -huh. Smokey. Yeah, he's... Um, he's I think one of the 23, 22 inch kind of guys and got the armature in his arms and you can't tell, but his, his paws on his hands also have, um, the trapunto applique with airbrushing and, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he's a big hug. That's cool. That's very cool. Is that the last one? Okay. So, Tammy, oh, do we have another doll? I love this doll. You won a contest the other day, correct? I got, I got second place. And also the little bear. Uh -huh. I don't usually do tiny bears um, because actually I think there are people who specialize in tiny bears mm -hmm. and uh, let them do it. <laughs> um, but I, I make the occasional one to go with a doll and she needed a bear. But that was um, the ball-jointed doll that I made um, following April... Jensen's mm -hmm. um, course. Yeah. So. Oh, so you made that doll after the course? Um, well, she had um, she had done a, a previous course, I think, on okay. and you on took the it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Tell me what you know. You're busy and you do shows, so you're you're always on the go. What do you do to keep your creativity in focus? Um, I, I touched on it a little bit, but I think. You have to sometimes take time to, I call it playing at art, um, 
take a class, do something that is completely different. Like uh, this summer, I spent most of the summer not making bears, but working on sculpting dolls. I made a little little ball jointed doll. His name was Wim. And then, you know, I made that one and I got out ones that I've been working on for a while. Um, started working on them some more. Played around with Noemi Smith's class. Mm -hmm. um, and I think things like that just kind of, like I said, even if it's not something I'm going to directly apply to making bears, mm -hmm. it still just kind of keeps, one thing informs the other, you know. I think um, it's important to just, you know, keep learning, never stop learning. I, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, it's nice when we have this type of attitude. So you've been making just teddy bears over 20 years in your life. So you are an accomplished artist. That doesn't mean there's not things out there that you shouldn't be learning, right? Because it's, I, I, life is about learning. And I like when people have this type of attitude, not because I have a business related to that. It's just that the one thing I like the most is to learn. And I cannot think I know enough that I don't need any more knowledge on anything, even in, in my own profession. So yeah, thank you for saying that because I think it's important for people to understand no matter how accomplished you are, how many awards you have, there's always something to learn out there. Yeah, and even if you take a class, like, um, you know, if I take a class from another bear artist, that people do things differently. I mean, mm -hmm. it might not, you know, you might do it what the way they do it in the class and then go, okay, I like my way better. Or you might say, hey, that's a little try. bit easier or a nicer turnout or whatever than what I do. And so, I don't know, I think it's, I think, and it's fun. It's just really fun to take classes. <laughs> I think it is. I really love. I take online classes. I go to every in-person class I can find around here. And as you said, sometimes you're, you're learning a technique that has nothing to do what you usually do. So for example, the other day, I took a class on how to paint silk. Never did that before. I don't have a huge interest in doing that. But the moment I tried, I was thinking, oh, I could paint the silk and then use as part of an animal that I can, yeah. you know, sculpt or something. And looking online yesterday, I actually found a, an amazing Russian artist where she does soft dolls, but then the wings or the ears are always, uh, I don't know if it's silk, but it looks similar to silk, painted silk. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you can always go out there in another technique and bring back to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And Joyce is saying, you rock at making BJD dolls too. You are amazing. And Thank you are. You. Do you mind showing the class bear once more? Oh, sure. So does he have a name already? You know, I don't know. He should have a name, but I haven't. <laughs> well, oh, he's got a little stuff. That is the class that Temi will be teaching here at Curious Mondo in February, if I'm not wrong. And you can watch the whole class for free and live and interact with her all the time. So make sure you go to CuriousMondo.com. And Mondo is M-O-N-D-O. And sign up for her class so you can be during live, uh, you know, interacting with her. Linda is saying, I always love to learn something new. You are so right. Yeah. I mean, it's so fun to learn. <laughs> I don't know what, what do you see, I promise. Okay, any final advices, Tammy, for people trying to make their first teddy bear or sell their first teddy bear? 
Um, well, if you're trying, if you're trying to make your first teddy bear, um, I say enjoy the learning process, and it is a process. Um, whenever you do something new, it might not come out, you know, exactly how you envision it, but keep trying. Um, as far as selling your first piece, that is where you have to have, um, no matter how long you've been selling, it, it's still um, vulnerable to put your work out there to sell. So, you know, if you're sitting in your studio and you make something that you love and makes you happy, then um, that's great. And if you want to put it out there, go ahead and try. But, you know, give it time, too. And don't give up if the first one doesn't sell, right? Because that happens. Yes, absolutely. Are you, do you consider yourself a patient person when you're working or very detail-oriented? How's your personality? Um, I am very detail-oriented. My husband I was watching one of those, um, one of those uh, reality shows, and these people were making knives. Mm -hmm. And it was like they had to, you know, it was called Forged in flame or something like that and I said oh wouldn't it be funny forged in mohair could you see just like the bear artist doing that and Sean says yeah but they have timed mm -hmm. tests for these things he goes you and your bear making friends would be like oh you know you have two hours oh good here I made an ear <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that bad but <laughs> I can't see I'm the opposite and which ends up sometimes impacting the quality, right? Because I get anxious and I want to see it done. And then when it's done, I say, uh, that mouth, not exactly where it should be. Yeah. But then, it's but then you late. just do it again. You just try yeah. again. Yeah, true. Uh, Cindy DeGroy is saying, yeah, thank you for producing this upcoming class on Teddy's. Joyce Siemens is saying, Curious Mondo is helping us all grow too. I hope so, Joyce. We really want to spread the word about the work because I think, especially if we are on social media all the time, we see a lot of ugly things there, a lot of angry people out there. And we artists, we can make people smile. So we need to be putting our stuff there more, all of us. Um, uh, Linda is saying, call him Mondo. And Michelle, yeah, making a bear is always a learning process. I still learn something each time I make one. Yes, we all do. Tammy, so much, thank you so much for being here today. I hope you enjoy. I know you were a little nervous at the beginning. I am. I, I don't know if it, you're, you're still seeing me because like my, my computer is frozen up. So hopefully <laughs> See, it's See, everything worked. Oh, good, good. And we went almost an hour talking. So you see, it's easy. And I also want to thank you, every single one of you, for being here and interact. Uh, we really appreciate that. This, uh, all this podcast, they actually stay on Facebook. They also go to our blog and go to podcast directories. So you can share anytime. You're doing a favor to us. You're doing a favor to Tammy. And you're doing a favor to everybody because you never know. Out there, there might be a new teddy bear artist too shy to get started. And they watch this and they say, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. So again, thank you very much, Tammy. Thank you. And I will see you all next week with another, if I don't scramble all the words, with another amazing artist. See you next Tuesday. Thank you.